before we look at what God has to say, most of you in this building, you have one of these or you know about them. And God wants you to use it for a good purpose. So I need to tell you that this is not an announcement. This is an introduction to this sermon. For four weeks, people have met, close to 50 people have met at 9 or either 8.45. In this, it's people that's already been serving you today, whether it was in the parking lot, a door, or in fellowship at the Coffee Connection, or on this stage, or that just served you in the... There are people that have taken God's business serious. And they've completed our very first ever uh, series of what's called the growth track. Step one, step two, three, and four. And this is something that's going to run every single month until the trumpet sounds. Now when the trumpet sounds, I will not be here to be a part of that. I just want to tell you. So right now, I'm going to be here and some others are going to be here. But if you are not in that group of 50, even if you are visiting, you need to go through the growth track because it's going to tell you some stuff about the church you probably don't know. It's going to let you know how we do things. But it's also going to give you dozens of scripture on how God has made you from the beginning and has gotten you here right now to do a special work and make a difference. And, and, and you were made with what I'm talking about in mind. So there's about three or four ways you can sign up. And we need you to do that. It's not going to cost you anything. And then the fourth week after you complete this, you're going to get a shirt that identifies you with a person that means business. And it just simply says, today, I will make a difference. And it might be inside of the building, of course, but it may be out here uh, in line behind somebody at the grocery store or something. So you can sign up. They, there's instructions in your bulletin. Uh, there's also probably a screen up there to tell you of the ways you can do it. Uh, it's just a growth track. We need you to sign up so we can properly prepare for you. We don't want to prepare for 20 people and 40 show up. Uh, because we got to do things right. And we want to treat God's business right, but we want to treat you right too. We want to have plenty of food ready. We want to make sure if we're going to need four pots of coffee, we don't have three there. Because you mean that much to the Lord, and you mean that much to us, so we want to do it right. Amen? I know God likes for us to do His stuff right, so we're going to do it. Uh, you, can, you can text GROW to, uh, there's an 844 number in your bulletin. You can go to the website. You can even go to the church app right now. Scroll over to the topic that says Growth Track, and it'll take you to a screen that will allow you to do that. Now, I wouldn't take word time to do it if, if it were not important. <clears throat> so do that, and get on board, and get plugged in. And, and just watch what God is doing. And we're not doing this because we're just trying to be another church. God has enabled this church to be able to study, to show ourselves approved, so we can handle 30,000, 50,000, 1 million, whatever God wants to do. You know He wants 
4 billion people saved before the trumpet sounds. So everybody's got to be plugged in in order to pull that off. And God's anointing people that are taking that serious more than they're taking toys and places and things and money serious. So do that and you watch what God does with you and watch what God does here. Now we've already prayed, but today I'm going to need your help to begin with. And so we're going to read a scripture out of Isaiah's letter, and it's in the 54th chapter. And what I want you to be able to do today is, like I said, I want you to help us out. It's found in Isaiah 54, verse 17, and we're not going to read the whole thing all at once because God wants you to understand something before I really even get into this message. So, I want you to look at the screen with me. We're going to Isaiah 54, 17. Now, if you, does anybody remember what this is right here? You had it. There you go. Does y'all remember what this is? This is called, you might have to explain it to you. This is called a printed Bible. People use them to put coffee cups and tea glasses on, on end tables. That's not what they're for. But, David said, I, I love this book so much, I hide it in my heart. I said this a few months ago, but the Bible, the Word of God, is something that you need to have with you all the time. doesn't hurt to have it in your hand, but you really need it in your heart. Now, we're going to read this first line together, and then we're going to stop at that comma. All right? Are you ready? You're going to do this three times. So you need to be really involved. Here we go. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Stop. Now this time when we read it, we're going to substitute the word you for the word me. All right? Not Opie, but me. Okay. Here we go. You ready? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. One more time, this time, the substitution is us. Here we go. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This, you got to catch this right here at the beginning, church. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage. You condemning what is being said against you and also walking in not just the spirit of the Lord, but also the power of God. This, in the eyes of Satan, is one of the worst scriptures I could have ever brought before you today. So for that reason, I want you to Listen to what God wants to tell you along with what I'm sharing with you this morning. No weapon. Say those two words. No weapon. When we say, or God says rather, no weapon, you understand that that takes everything else off of the table. No weapon means not nary one. People that's 50 or older knows what nary means. All right? Not nary one, okay? 
and I want to tell you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. All right? Not one. Not one weapon formed against you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, I want to tell you that every person in here, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to think of what you think a weapon is that you are confronted with right now. Go. What weapon do you think? you're up against right now. No weapon formed against you. I'm going to stop right there because the word formed is something you need to pay attention to this morning. See, many times in your life, Satan never has to get a full-blown weapon pointed at you or on you. All he has to do is just formulate or fashion is what that word means. Fashion one in your thought life, in your mind, and then he's done. He doesn't need to get it together or get people involved or create situations. If he can just form a weapon and then in your mind tell you, okay, this is what's happening to you. This is what's about to go down. This is what I'm about to do. If he can successfully form a weapon against us, then he knows if that is successful, he doesn't have to do anything else. You're going to excuse the expression, but you're going to bite the bait. You're going to take it and you're going to handle it from there. I know I'm speaking the truth today because I've been the pastor of this church for ever. And I know what people have come to me about over the year. And there's been some serious things. But the majority, and I am not being insensitive to past needs in this place. But the majority of the needs that people have had and they have gone through with before they were fully manifested, they just started right here. They started right here. Now, can I go ahead and be completely transparent with you today? I am public victim number one. He has successfully taken me out more than one time just because of this right here. No one in the world, let alone in the church, did one thing to me. Nobody in ministry did anything. I didn't even have major setbacks in my personal life. But he was able to form a weapon. Form a thought, form an idea, create a situation that was not even true and put it right here and then he just stood back to see if the rat would take the cheese. And I would take the cheese until I realized Isaiah 54, 17. And that's no weapon that's formed against me can prosper. And there's a way. He wants you to believe all weapons are of mass destruction, that he's going to do this to you. I remember at the Hamlet Church of God when I was in the ninth grade, I remember having a blue Oxford shirt on with gray pants walking out in front of that. That little church held like 80 people. But I remember walking out there on that grass one day, and it was about time to start football practice, and I remember 
going through and see this is a history this is why your children have to learn to get victory over the enemy don't save them and just let them figure it out after they've been an alcoholic or after they've destroyed their mind and body with drugs and bad relationships train up a child in the way they should go save them from things that you've gone through and I because if you allow things to happen at a young age they will happen and I remember this was not my parents doing but I remember walking out there and crying profusely because I was afraid that I was going to die that week even before getting to start football practice Opie that's so silly I know it is if you are not the victim this week it's very silly and it's you know you're trying to even hear people when they Tell you, but your mind's somewhere else because it's not even real because it's not you or yours right then. You want to amen that? Amen. And Satan just says, okay, I'm going to form this thing. I'm going to make this weapon. And I'm going to tell you, man, this is it. This is bad. You're going to die. It's going to take you out. It's going to destroy your marriage. It's going to steal your job. It's going to steal your joy. You'll never have a relationship with your children again. It's going to do all this. He's forming a weapon. He doesn't waste time on me if he doesn't have to. If he can just drop a thought and keep going and drop another thought, another thought, another thought. then Because, see, he's out of time, he thinks. He knows the times and the seasons because he's heard about it. Since the Bible has been written, Satan's been aware of where technology is today. Satan has been aware at where the church would be today. Satan has been very much aware how people would be consumed with things of this world and be distracted. So Satan knows the game and he knows the plan and he knows the timetable, church. So he's not going to waste a bunch of time if a thought will keep you out and keep you down and keep you preoccupied. So what in the world? What in the world do I do? Well, there is a a scripture that I want to tell you about because I shared some of this Thursday night right here with our our, our men's group. And I, I went ahead and warned them that it was part of this today too. It wasn't planned by me, but it was by the Lord. And James said this. Everybody knows we just gathered at this altar. He, he said this. He said, talking to the church, he said, Is anyone among you sick? Is anyone among you sick? That's a question. Let him call for the elders of the church going through the process. God is a God of order. Let him call for the elders of the church. And can I just say without you thinking I'm trying to promote me or or an agenda of mine. This goes back to what I announced about growth track a while ago. A lot of the healing, a lot of the miracles, a lot of the things, a lot of the, the anointing and the new ministries God wants to do is not right here behind that podium. It's sitting right out here. Or that scripture would not read like that. It would say, is there anybody sick? Well, let them find a preacher and let them anoint them with oil and pray for them. I'm preaching very well right now. I am, and you need to hear me. You don't have to amen me, but you need to hear me because if you're not sick right now, we're getting into the flu season. We're getting into the everything season. 
You're going to be sick at some point if it's nothing but a headache. If anybody among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. And verse 15 says this, and the prayer of faith, not the generic, I don't believe, I tried it six times, I never got healed, nope. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Now listen, this is part of what I shared Thursday night. So guys, bear with me. In the New Testament, the Bible tells us something that most of us, if not all of us, have missed or overlooked or, or just not received it. The Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ died on that cross that you heard about a while ago, when Jesus died on the cross, he died to do a completed work. And most of us have always been brought up or we've thought in our minds that that completed work is just to have our sins forgiven so we can go to heaven and we can, when we can, we can pray when we're in a bind. But that's not it. That's your salvation is critical to your relationship with Jesus. It's a must and it's certainly critical for entrance into everlasting life in heaven. But that's only one-fourth of what Jesus... There's millions of things, but there's four things the Bible teaches us that Jesus died and accomplished at Calvary. In fact, the word saved... That all of you, I, yes, I'm saved. Are you saved? I've been saved. That word that we associate with salvation is actually used 57 times in the New Testament. And every single time it's used, all but five times in the New Testament, the Greek word for that word saved is sozo. S-O-Z-O, and it's got what I call a little Julio over the top of the O. Y'all like that, don't you? Anyway, a wavy line. And that word doesn't mean just saved, but listen. That word means saved, deliver, protect, and heal. Saved, deliver, protect, and heal. So, when Jesus died on the cross, yes, he wanted Raymond's sin saved and under the blood, but he wasn't just thinking about that. He knew that Raymond would come across a time when he would be sick and in the hospital, and he says, well, i got to do something about this. He's the God that he not only forgives our sins, the Bible tells us, but he also heals our iniquities. He saves, he delivers, he protects and heals. He's a God of wholeness. Not holiness, he is a holy God, but he does all things complete. He believes in all, and Jesus knew that you would live a life that wouldn't just be stricken and scarred and smitten by sin, but he would also know that there would be a devil that would always be on you, seeking like a lion, roaring, roaming to and fro, and just trying to devour. So he knew you would need to be protected. 
He, would, he knew that sometimes you would fall prey to situations or just a victim of circumstance and you would be in a situation where nothing but the delivering hand of Almighty God would do that. And then there would be other times that you would literally be sick in your body and you would walk to this altar and you wouldn't be putting on a show and you would need the healing of God. And that's why Jesus died on the cross so you could not just be saved, but so you could be sozos. He wants you not to, and a lot of people in this place right here, I don't question your salvation, but I tell you right now, you have not been made whole. You have not been made whole. If you go to the lady with the issue of blood, all of you know this, there was a crowd. We did this a few weeks ago. There was a crowd behind Jesus, and the Bible uses the word throng. They almost suffocated him. There was so much. Uh, of a gathering around him, following him. But there was one lady who for 18 years had a blood condition. She spent all her money. She was out of favors. And she was probably out of friends because she was labeled as sick in her society. But Jesus came to town. And when Jesus came to town, she knew if I can just get a hold of him in some way or form, if I can just get to him, I can be sozos. I can be whole. I can be healed. And this is what happened. You know the story. She walked up. She couldn't get close enough to him. But he had what they call like a prayer shawl. And she was able just to get her fingertips on the tassel, the little strings. And immediately the Bible says Jesus stopped. And when he stopped, he says, who touched me? And then they looked around. There's thousands of people here. Master, what do you mean? He says, no, somebody really touched me because I could feel virtue. I could feel healing come out of my body. You see, a lot of people go to church, but a lot of people come to church expecting, and they're going to reach out and touch the Lord before they go home. And there's a lot of crowds in a lot of churches all over the world right now, but there's still a remnant somewhere that they're not moved and they're not just going through the motions. They got to be healed. They got to be delivered. They've got to be protected. They've got to be saved. And whatever it takes, they're going to pursue God. They're going to push through and they're going to touch Him. They're going to get it because it's still real and it's still available. And so Jesus looked and He says, wait a minute. Was it you? The woman came up and said, it was me. It was me. And this is the word he used. You need to listen because some of you are going to be, you're going to need prayer this week that was answered right now through this microphone. All right? Did you read between the lines? He looked at the lady. Now, she was healed immediately but this is what Jesus told her three times in that narrative I believe it's Matthew 20 he looked and he said Matthew 20 or 22 he says woman your faith has made you whole he didn't say heal he didn't say save because see when you touch Jesus at a level where nothing matters but life 
eternal life, spirit-filled life, and you just you don't care how many people, you don't care if you have to get on the ground, whatever, if you got to quit eating, if you got to stay in church, even when we're not having church, whatever you got to do. It, it, it's that bad, and I want him that much, so I'm just going to work my way through here. When it gets that bad, you will find out that it's that good at the end of his road. So a lot of people here today, you need to be made whole. The second part of our spiritual journey here, the first part is know God, but the second part is about finding freedom. I just shared with you something in the ninth grade a while ago, but there has to come a time when I can't just be saved. I, I, I just got to say, well, as long as I'm in this body, in this flesh, I really, to be a soldier, to win 30,000 people, to be part of this great army God's got here, I need to be sozos, man. I don't need for the devil to come by and make a weapon up that ain't even real, but it works because I'm not whole. See, when you're a whole person, then he can come by and drop a formed weapon that's not even real, but he will find out and all of his imp from hell real quick. Wait a minute. This is not just somebody playing the games. You're just wondering if they're safe. This is somebody that's touched him at some church service in some prayer closet. And this sister right here, this brother right here is whole. And they're not going to buy into this demons. You need to go on. Or we need to really sit down and make a big old weapon, not just forming one. Because this person has tapped in and they've been made whole. That's why last week when I was preaching to you about walking in the Spirit, you can't walk in the Spirit. You will not walk in the Spirit. You won't even be filled with the Spirit until you understand what I just said. You've got to be made whole because as long as you entertain thoughts and tricks and every weapon he comes at you, it works and you're intimidated by it and you buy into it, Brothers, sisters, he's going to keep it up because the worst thing you can do is catch on to what God is trying to teach all of us today and you receive it by faith in your heart and you let God do what he wants to do in your life. You leave here full of the Spirit and the victory that come out of that grave that day 2,000 years ago. He knows he can't afford that because you're going to go out of here and while everybody's asleep and doing their own thing that caused themselves saved, you out here and you shaking the gates of hell. And see, he can't afford that. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because we don't have much time. We're going to touch His garment. We're going to do what we have to do. We're going to raise our children up the way. They, we're going to help people find freedom and get over what happened to you when you were 14 or 18 or what happened in your first marriage or what happened to you when you lost your first job or when you lost your virginity and He's told you you ain't nothing and I'm sorry but a whore or a slut. You're no good. God can't use you. You've been marked by society. Why are you talking like that? Because we're living in a real world and you can't pretend that you're all that religious. Satan is real and you got to call him out sometimes, church. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, the Bible tells us. Whom the Son sets free. I'm looking all across this sanctuary today at people that Satan thinks that the formed weapon is going to work this time. It's going to work this time. Because I may not get another chance with them. The trumpet could sound right now. It's going to work this time. While we were sleeping last night, 
he was at the drafting table in hell designing the weapon. He was telling you, you're too young, you're too old, you're unhealthy, there's nothing you can contribute. You can ask that group that was here at 9 o'clock this morning, there's over 30 things I can put up in your face right now to show you there's something great and mighty you can do that's transformational for the kingdom of God right now. Amen. 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 And today is the day that God wants to do it. He wants you to leave here whole. He don't want you to leave here a fourth. He don't want you to leave here half. He don't want you to leave here being bombarded by bullets and by tanks, spiritual tanks and AK-47s that he, he's just going to keep mowing you down. You can leave this place in victory today. You can leave here completely whole. And you can wake up in the morning. And he can start that trash all over again in your mind. But you can get down on your knees at your bed and you can throw your hands in the air. You say, you listen to me, rascal. I belong to God. I've been bought blood. I'm a child of the Most High King. I'm a chosen generation. And I want you and all of hell to know right now that on this Monday morning, there is absolutely no weapon that is formed against me that will prosper and prevail. But you won't do it until you're whole. And I want you to stand right now because God's inviting people not just to be saved, but God's inviting people to be whole today. And what you'll do if you're not careful right now. I've already talked to two or three people this morning that's either going through cancer, radiation, chemo, or has already gone through it. In this building right now. What do you got to say about that, Opie? I got to say, I got, I'll tell you what I got to say about it. There's absolutely no weapon. You see, we get caught up in what really is going on. And I don't mean this negative at all. But a lot of times, Satan will use our condition as access to our mind to shut us down. He'll use your condition. Listen to me. If I've got cancer, if I've got diabetes, if I've got kidney or liver problems, if I've got some kind of limb problems, and I do, but I, I might ain't even worthy mention in this congregation because of people that's really got major things going on. If I focus on what is really wrong, and I'm not being insensitive, church. Satan will gladly pick up those pieces, and he will go to my mind, and he'll tell me, let me get off of that. Let me just get off of that. He will tell me that I've been serving God for 20 years. You used to teach Sunday school. You used to sing in the choir. Oh, you was a deacon. You was an elder. You used to be an usher and all that. It's time to let another generation. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's contrary to what Paul said. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. And when he was in the last day of his final exams, God called him home. You don't get through until you're through. 
We've got people that are crippled and handicapped, but they can do something great for God, and they are doing something great for God because they're not going to let condition classify them. They're not going to let what they're going through with take them back down another dark road. Today, God wants to set you free, and He wants to make you whole. And my job is over with right now. And all I'm supposed to do next is to tell you this. If you want to be made whole, I want you to walk down here at this altar, and I want you to just say, God, I'm, I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be made whole. Uh, this weapon is not going to work with me. It's not going to work in my marriage. It's not going to work through a co-worker. It's not going to work with my next door neighbor. It's not going to work with the person beside me uh, in my algebra class. I'm going to be made whole. I want to be made whole. If you are not a believer and you're at this altar, or if you're online, this is the first step. You've got to know God. And if you're here and you say, well, Opie, I think I'm a Christian. Well, we don't need to do that. If you have to put, if you have to insert any word, like think or hope, or I don't know. Nope, we just need to go on and settle that issue before any of us do anything else. And you need to do what people are already doing. You just need to surrender, throw your hands in the air and say, God, oh God, I need to be made whole. I don't want to just be saved or I just don't want this sinus infection and then go home. I need to be saved. I need to be delivered. I need to be healed. Yes, God. And I want to walk under the protecting hand of the Holy Ghost every day of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I'm reaching out, Lord. I'm doing whatever I need to do. I might need to change phone numbers in my phone. I might need to delete. I might need to just get rid of my phone for right now. But God, I'm touching the hem of your garment because I'm out. I'm out of everything, Lord. And I need you. If you'll do that right there, if you'll pray, and you'll say, God, that's me. That's me, Lord. I need to be washed. I need to be purged. I need to be made. I've been a Christian for 40 years, but I haven't been whole not one hour. I want to leave this sanctuary whole, God. I want you to fill me with the precious Holy Ghost. I want to walk in the Spirit, Lord. I want you to have all access to my life. I want to walk in protection. I want to walk in deliverance. I want to walk in healing. I want to walk in salvation, Lord. And I'm doing that today, Lord. I'm giving you every part of me. I'm giving you all of me, Jesus. Jesus.